Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers and spiritual entrepreneurs to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and join our crystal movement. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, I'll be sharing a crystal ritual for the Virgo moon from my book, Cosmic Crystals, Uh, but I'll also get into a little bit of a personal story about why I got started working with lunar energy to begin with and why it's so meaningful to me, how it really helped me in my own personal healing journey. But before we get started, I'd like to answer one of our listener questions. Remember, you can submit your own question anytime at loveandlightschool.com slash ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from Samantha, and Samantha says, I like to use the full moon to charge my crystals, but unfortunately, I live in an apartment and my balcony doesn't get direct light from the moon. If I leave them out, will they still absorb the energy from the moon? Also, how important is it to take the crystals inside the day after the full moon? How would leaving them out for longer affect their energy or their charge? Samantha, this is an awesome question and one that I think pairs really well with our main topic for today, even though uh, we are in a new moon um, for this upcoming Virgo moon. But basically, no, your crystals don't have to be in direct moonlight. As long as they're somewhere uh, where they'll receive the energy of the moon coming in near a window, outside if you can or if you prefer, Um, but it's not necessary for them to even be outside. They can just be in a window or windowsill. I think if you have the option for direct moonlight, you could go for it. I mean, there's something about them kind of bathing in that moonlight that just feels really special and magical and nice, but it's not necessary to have them be in the direct light of the moon in order for them to charge up with that energy. I mean, Really, truly, if the moon is in that phase and you're intending, you're putting in that intention to charge your crystals with the energy of whatever lunar phase, you don't have to just charge them in the full moon. You can charge them in the light of some of the other phases of the moon as well, or even in the darkness of the dark moon or the new moon. And you can learn a little bit more about this in my book, Cosmic Crystals. I go through the eight lunar phases a little bit about understanding the lunar cycle and then talking about the energetic qualities of each phase. So maybe there are times where a waxing crescent moon might serve your purpose or sometimes when a third quarter moon might be a better fit. And if you think about this, if you can charge your crystals in the energy of a new moon where there's no light being reflected off of its surface, then of course they don't have to be in the direct light of the full moon either. And to answer the second half of your question, Samantha, how important is it to take the crystals inside the day after the full moon? How would leaving them out longer affect their energy or their charge? Well, the moon actually stays in each lunar phase for about three days. So actually, even though there is a point at which the moon is considered exactly full, and that's where we get our full moon dates and times from, it lasts 
an approximation of each phase for about three days. So you kind of have a little bit of a window there for charging your crystals, for doing your full moon rituals or ceremonies. So if once in a while you miss the date, don't get down on yourself, or if you don't get to them in time to kind of collect them and put them all away, that's okay because the moon is in that phase for quite some time. So you actually have a little wiggle room here. So I hope that helps you breathe easy, relax, and know that you don't have to rush this process. Great questions, Samantha. So thank you again. And if you have a question that you'd like me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or anything else you're curious about right now, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com slash ask. Now it's time to dive into our main topic for the day, crystals and a crystal ritual for the Virgo moon. So before we really get into these favorite crystals of mine and this Virgo moon ritual, I want to share a little bit about my personal experience, my personal story with you about how I got started working with lunar energy, what was going on in my life and why this has become so important to me and such an important part of my spiritual practice. I want to share this with you so that I hope you can find some healing and comfort through working with the moon just as I have. A little over five years ago, my life was pretty dramatically interrupted because I needed to have a hysterectomy. And this was just two weeks before my 29th birthday, so I was quite young. Um, and many of you have heard me maybe mention this or talk a little bit about it before, but I haven't really gone super in depth into this story and I won't bore you with all the medical details. The, the long and short of it is I had some really, really uncontrolled fibroids. So uterine fibroids are these big masses. They're like more or less kind of like a benign tumor, but they're just a big mass of kind of exponential cellular growth. And it's estimated that about 20 to 25% of women of reproductive age have fibroids. And according to the NIH, which is the U.S. National Institutes of Health, by the age of 50, up to 80% of black women and up to 70% of white women have fibroids. And let me tell you from personal experience, this is very, very uncomfortable, very painful when they get out of control. For some women, they might have fibroids and not even notice them or know that they have them because they can be quite small. But for many women, this causes things like irregular vaginal bleeding, pelvic pain, heavy bleeding during periods, irregular or elongated periods, and a lot more symptoms. Um, and it can be really challenging to deal with this on an ongoing basis. And so if you're listening right now, this is something you've been struggling with personally, or if you've dealt with endometriosis or cysts or PCOS, I want you to know like there are so many other women going through what you're going through. And I know personally how hard it is to deal with these reproductive issues. It took seeing a lot of doctors and then specialists before I finally found someone who could help me and who was willing to help me. I was just met with kind of a lot of brush off from people in the medical field 
who kind of just said, oh, well, it's just uterine fibroids. It's not that big of a deal. Like just deal with it. And it, it really was a big deal for me. It was quite debilitating in a lot of ways. Um, first I gained a ton of weight because I was in pain all the time and it was really hard to like move around and do anything. And then I lost a ton of weight because I had, it ended up over 30 of these fibroids in my abdomen, in my uterus. And one of them was larger than a grapefruit. And then the rest were all just clustered in there. So it was very uncomfortable. I couldn't eat. I felt full all the time because I had these big, massive growths in my abdomen. Not to mention, it was just really emotionally challenging and, you know, exhausting trying to get answers and figure out a way to just feel better. I didn't even realize because it was such a kind of slow progression and buildup quite how much pain I was in until I couldn't actually function in my day-to-day anymore. And so for me, because my case was pretty severe as it is for many women, the only option that was kind of guaranteed to get rid of the fibroids and thus alleviate all of these symptoms was a hysterectomy. And maybe at some point in the future, I will go into how that experience went. Um, Long story short, I just recently had to have another surgery this past June because my fibroids returned, which in the history of the medical field wasn't a thing that could ever happen before, but um, basically a faulty medical device called a power morselator was used in my hysterectomy and spread the fibroid tissue and cells throughout my abdomen, causing them to attach to my muscle tissue, my bladder, my intestines, my ovaries, and start to grow again. So a little over five years later, I've just gone through this entire process all over again and have had a really invasive abdominal surgery to remove these fibroids. And the worst part of it is that there is no guarantee for me anymore that they won't come back. There is the potential that they may come back again and again and again because these cells exist within my abdomen. Had my uterus been removed in a different way during my hysterectomy, the fibroid cell tissue wouldn't have been disturbed and so there wouldn't have been a chance for those fibroids to spread in my abdomen. And this is something that they're just finding out. So also, if you're out there listening and you've had a hysterectomy or you know someone who has had a hysterectomy laparoscopically, find out if a power morselator was used um, because there is there is a small chance Uh, This is an uncommon thing to happen, but there is a small chance um, that you may deal with a recurrence of this. And most women find out only about three to five years after they've had their surgeries or later because the fibroids have returned and they start to struggle with some of the same symptoms. So (laughs) that's, you know, a whole thing for another day. But when I first found out what was going on and worked with my doctor and with my gynecologist and decided to have this hysterectomy, it wasn't entirely devastating for me as it would be for many women. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, I had long before decided not to have children. My partner and I decided 
Um, It just wasn't something that either of us felt very, very strongly about, and we decided not to have children. But I knew on a deep internal personal level, it wasn't for me. So, you know, I felt okay about going forward with everything. But as the weeks went on and my surgery date came closer and closer, I wasn't having regrets, but I was mourning uh, this loss of the choice. You know what I mean? Like, even though I had decided not to have children and that decision felt really empowering, when that choice was taken away from me, there was part of me that grieved that choice. There was part of me that felt somehow less empowered because it was no longer my choice. It was just the way that it was. And I could never choose something different after that. And, you know, I started to kind of feel after my surgery a little bit incomplete. And I noticed that there was this longing inside of me for a reconnection with my womb space, this part of me that had been lost. And these feelings really took me by surprise. They were something I didn't expect But I knew that I needed to do something to feel really empowered again. So this is where my journey into connecting with the divine feminine began. And this wasn't about the gender of feminine or female. It was about energy, the energy of the sacred feminine. And I spent my days meditating and connecting with goddesses and creating rituals for myself to help me connect with that part of myself that had been lost. And naturally for me, my love of crystals were a regular part of everything that I was doing. But through this work, I found that there was another kind of passion for me, one that really went hand in hand with my crystal work, and that was connecting with the moon. I fell in love with learning everything that I could about staying in rhythm with the natural cycles and flows because... You know, I no longer had my own feminine cycle, and this was a way for helping me stay in that rhythm, stay in that ebb and flow, that waxing and waning of my own energy, my own personal cycles. Or perhaps this was also just because I was really awakening to something larger within myself and within the world. But whatever the reason for this sudden connection with the moon and the divine feminine energy of the moon living in alignment with lunar energy became a part of who I am in a really deep way. And tuning into this rhythm of the moon is a big part of what helped me heal. And I really do think that this was something that was so deeply needed for me, not just because of my personal experience with my reproductive health issues, but because I was just at a point in my life where I needed that reconnection to the natural world. And I really just fell in love with these personal practices that I was doing. So one evening while I was connecting with some amazing women in an online goddess circle, a little spirituality circle, I shared a few of the ways that I had been working with the moon in my own spiritual practice. And I realized through this conversation with them, just how powerful this work had been and just how much I needed to share it with others as part of my own journey. And that's when I 
started creating my Crystal Moon Mystic Oracle card deck and started putting together and compiling my Cosmic Crystals book based on all of the work that I had been doing with the moon. And I realized that, you know, I it wasn't just me who had been feeling disconnected from the natural world, from the seasonal cycles, from my own power, my own energy. Many others that I spoke with were feeling the same way because we've become so far removed from nature and many of us have forgotten how to live in harmony with the world around us. And one of the easiest ways that we can repair this connection and relationship with nature is to live in alignment with the energy of the moon and to let her guide our actions so that we can become aware of our place in the universe again. So as part of my work with lunar energy, I began learning about the distinct energies that each monthly full moon has. So I'm sure you've seen things online or heard things about the corn moon, the harvest moon, the pink moon, the flower moon, all these different moons, right? Well, I started to really uncover information about the tradition and history and where these came from. And most of them are rooted in our connection with the land, our connection with the earth and with the cosmos and with the seasonal changes. I also started to dig into the lunar phases and understanding how the moon's energy changes as it goes through its cycle from new to full and back to new again. And also how the moon's energy and influence changes as it moves through the different constellations of the zodiac in its orbit around the earth. So that starts to bring us into our Virgo moon ritual. The night sky can more or less be divided into 12 sections, one relating to each constellation of the zodiac. So as the moon travels around the earth, it passes through the sections of the different zodiac constellations. This is what you've probably heard referred to as entering a certain zodiac sign or being in a particular zodiac sign. So since the moon makes its rotation around the earth pretty quickly in just about 29 and a half days, it moves into a new sign every two to three days. So think of the 29 day lunar cycle divided by the 12 zodiac sections. That's about two and a half days in each sign. So when the moon enters a specific sign, it begins to take on the energetic qualities of that sign. And that's how astrologers create lunar forecasts describing what to expect as the moon enters a particular sign. So since the moon has such a strong influence on us here on earth, given that it's our nearest celestial neighbor, the lunar zodiac becomes quite important in explaining the cosmic energies that shape our experiences. So when the moon is in Virgo, you'll feel really at ease when you keep things orderly and organized. I know as we're moving into this time of the Virgo moon, I am clearing out clutter. I am making lists. I am planning things. I am getting things tidy and neat and organized because it's helping me feel like I have a little bit more control. It's helping me feel in alignment and in harmony with this energy. 
So some crystals for the Virgo moon that we're going to talk about in detail are emerald, green aventurine, and moss agate. Now Virgo itself is connected to the earth element, so this is a big part of why this stability and structure is so important. Some other keywords that are associated with the Virgo moon are career, dedication, determination, health, intellect, and loyalty. So kind of keep those in mind over the next few days as we're in the period of the Virgo moon. So let's start out by talking about emerald. It is all too easy to get swept up in your own thoughts during the time while the moon is in Virgo, but emerald gently reminds you to really get out of your head and more into your heart space. So you should work with emerald if you feel your mind buzzing with activity and you just need a moment of stillness, that moment to pause and breathe and collect your thoughts. This crystal also reminds you to check in with your feelings before acting or making big decisions. So take that moment to pause, take a deep breath with your emerald, and think things through before you move forward. I also mentioned green aventuring, and this stone encourages practicality, something that Mercury, the planet which rules Virgo, demands during this time. We have to be practical. So organization and schedules and routines, like I mentioned, are important during the Virgo moon, but not if they overcomplicate things. So keep things practical and keep things working for you by connecting with some green adventuring because it can help you be more mindful about what's helping you be more successful and organized and scheduled and stay on your routine and what's just getting in the way, what's overcomplicating things. Now, the final crystal I mentioned is moss agate, and this is a really earthy stone that's one of my favorites for physical healing. So you can work with moss agate to put the Virgo moon energy to good use by creating a new workout routine, a meditation practice, or a weekly meal plan. Remember, this is about planning, scheduling, organizing, but it also connects with our physical selves, our physical being. So what can you do to schedule or create new routines around your body. Now, if you feel like you don't have time or energy to care for your physical body, this is where moss agate comes through as a really supportive companion because it helps you make it a priority. And with the energy of the Virgo moon behind you as well, it feels a lot easier to start new healthy habits. So now I'd like to share a really simple crystal ritual that you can do while the moon is in Virgo. And remember, if you miss it this time, it will return to Virgo about once a month. During the time of the Virgo moon, light a green candle and then pick up your moss agate stone. Then watch the candle flame and start to think about your physical body. What can you do to improve your physical health? Do you need to eat better and create a meal plan? Do you need to exercise more and get back into your workout or yoga routine? Do you need to have more quiet time or self-care or maybe even add some energy healing or massage into your schedule on a regular basis? When you're ready, write down a list of things that you would like to do to nourish your body over this next month and then hold an emerald crystal while you transfer your list into your calendar to help you schedule these activities, both big and small. 
so that you can really hold space for them in your routine. You know, maybe this is just having five quiet minutes in the morning when you make a cup of tea or pour your morning coffee. Maybe this is committing to no screen time for the three hours before you go to sleep at night. Whatever it is that you need to do for yourself, work with your crystals and the energy of this Virgo moon to get on track with some new healthy habits. So I hope that you enjoyed that really simple ritual. This is all based on the work that I put together through my own personal experience that is collected in my book, Cosmic Crystals, Rituals and Meditations for Connecting with Lunar Energy. So if you'd like to purchase a signed copy of my book, you can get your very own at my shop, mimosaspirit.com. Now it's time for our trending this week segment. As you know, in each segment, I like to bring you a quick discussion on something that's happening in the world of crystal healing and spirituality right now, or something that I'm just really loving that I want to share with you. So I have two quick things. Um, We've just kind of finished up the time of the Denver gem show, and I had planned at the very beginning of this year to attend that show, but unfortunately with COVID, I just didn't feel quite safe going out and doing that. But I've seen many, many amazing people who have been posting tons of great crystal pictures and behind the scenes looks on Instagram from the Denver Gem Show. So if you're interested in seeing what it's like behind the scenes at one of those big gem shows, uh, go on to Instagram and look for the hashtag Denver Gem Show 2020 and check out some of the posts that some amazing Instagram crystal lovers are sharing if you want to be there in spirit. And now there's something really special that I want to talk about today um, for our trending this week segment. It is the Phoenix Crystal Water Bottle from Spirit of Phoenix, Sweden. And, you know, there are so, so many crystal water bottles on the market. And I'm pretty sure I've talked about some of them in the past here on the show. And I was just lucky enough to get one of these bottles. And I have to tell you, this is like the best crystal water bottle that I have seen to date. Um, there's just a lot of good features about it that some of the other bottles don't have. So, you know, probably the first and biggest company to come out with crystal water bottles were Vita Jewel. And I thought they were really cool at the time, but the one downside I didn't like was that you had to buy the interchangeable gem pods that they came with and you had to, you know, keep purchasing and then you were limited to only the crystal combinations that they came out with. Um, And some of them were really cool, but it really added up after a while. The bottles were quite pricey. The gem pods were quite pricey. um, And it was a little bit of a complicated system. Overall, the bottle was very well made and I was happy with the quality of the bottle and the stones, but that was kind of a downside. You know, I couldn't make my own combinations. Then I started to see a lot of crystal water bottles that basically used like a tea infuser to put the crystals into the water. And the downside of this is that it really wasn't very safe because people that don't know much about their stones had the potential of using toxic crystals in the tea diffuser and putting all those toxins into their water, which is kind of the exact opposite of why we might want to work with a gem infused water. So then I started seeing the crystal water bottles that had the generator points in them. And I got really excited about these. You know, they were 
mostly limited to some crystals that were pretty safe, like amethyst and rose quartz and clear quartz. And for a time, I even started getting these to sell at Mimosa. But I had problems with those as well because many of them were mass produced in China, which isn't in and of itself a problem, except that they just weren't well made. They leaked, the quality of the crystals was really variable, and sometimes the way that the crystals were actually attached to the water bottle itself was problematic. They had drilled holes through the base of the generator and they had these little wire clips to hold the crystals in. And I thought, hmm, those little holes aren't going to be great because they're going to be really hard to clean and they might actually harbor some extra bacteria in the water bottle. So to say that I was a little apprehensive about trying yet another crystal water bottle is kind of an understatement, but gem waters are a really important part of my personal practice with crystals. Uh, I work with them a lot on and off. I go through phases where it's like every day I have to have my gem water and then maybe I have a couple months where I don't work with them for a while. Um, but it comes in cycles just like everything. But when I got the Phoenix Crystal Water Bottle from Spirit of Phoenix, Sweden, I was so impressed. So there are a couple things that I think really set this bottle apart from many others. First and foremost, it's made of a double-walled glass. So because it's double-walled, it stays cold for a long time, which I personally like. A lot of times I'll just drink like room temperature water. It's better for digestion and that kind of thing. But if you wanted to make a fruit infused water, um, it does come with a little infuser, which is nice, but it's very clear that it's just for like fruit or veggies like cucumbers. So you can do your own infused water. I've been doing a little bit of herbs and some fruits in mine. Um, basil, raspberry has been one of my favorite combos. It's delicious, uh, really refreshing for the end of summer here. Um, so you can put those things in the little infuser. Uh, but the way that this is set up is that it is a double walled glass. So not only does it keep your liquids cold for a little bit longer if you're using fruit or herbs like I am, but it's also a little sturdier, a little bit more durable, and it's made out of 100% BPA and lead-free glass. And one of the biggest things about this is that it was leak-proof. I mean, I can't tell you how many water bottles, just water bottles in general, I've gone through that have leaked. Um, and this one has been completely leak-proof. It has these really nice little seals that make sure that your liquids are staying where they're supposed to. Now that gets us into the crystal part. This is so well designed. And there are some similar bottles that share features of this design out in the market, but none that I've seen that have done it so well. So basically how this bottle works is the top half with that nice double walled glass is there for your liquids. That's where you can put in the optional tea or herb infuser. And then there's a bottom chamber that's separate that also has a little screw off cap and that's where your crystals go. So the crystals are staying completely separate from your water, which I appreciate because it's nice and safe that way. I always recommend doing an indirect method of preparation for gem waters and elixirs um, anyway, as you've probably heard me talk about here on the show or in my blog. So this keeps them completely separate from the water with this separate chamber, but also because the chamber opens up, 
you can put whatever crystals you want in there. Now, the bottle does come with some really beautiful rose quartz and amethyst crystals that I was also pretty pleased with the quality of. A lot of times when I've gotten some crystal water bottles in the past, the quality's been a little hit or miss, but I did really like these. Um, but the cool thing is you can use those. You can work with the amethyst and rose quartz that it comes with. Or you can put in whatever kind of crystals you want. Or if you want to get really creative, you can do what my husband did. And you can take the crystals out and put a little snack in there. So you have a snack and a drink. You don't get the crystal vibes that way. But, you know, it's good for a few goldfish crackers. The other great thing about this bottle is that it is so much more affordable compared to a lot of the other ones that I've seen. The regular retail price is $48.99, which I know sounds a little bit on the pricey side, but for a double walled glass water bottle with like the little infuser, it's actually pretty darn good if you price match. And then for the ability to put your crystals in the bottom chamber, it really works out pretty good. Now on Amazon right now, if you're using Amazon, the price is $37.99, which is $11 or 22% off, but there's also a little coupon button on there that you can save an extra $3. Um, you have to click that little button, I noticed, but that takes the price down to $34.99. So for less than 35 bucks, you get this awesome water bottle. Now it does come with a sleeve as well, a little protective sleeve, which is really nice. If you're a little bit clumsy like me, you can put hot or cold liquids in it. And then it comes with the infuser and the crystals that you need. There are also some great care instructions. And I was also pretty pleased at how nicely it was packaged when it shipped to me. I can't tell you how many times I've ordered something glass online and had it arrive broken. One cool thing about the double walled glass also is that it keeps your water bottle from sweating. I mean, I know on a hot day, if I have cold water, it always gets that sweaty outside. This double walled glass kind of prevents that from happening, which is really nice. Um, and then it does come with that little sleeve. And one other really sweet little thing that I didn't even know is that this bottle was shipped with two little bamboo straws, reusable bamboo straws. So if you are committed to reducing your single-use plastics, um, or you've seen the devastation that they've been causing on our oceans, this is a great little bonus feature. And if you are not using Amazon these days, no problem at all. You can also order these bottles direct from the company at spiritofphoenix.se, S-E for Sweden. And you can also get more information about them there as well as some more information about gem waters themselves. And they also have a whole section about their warranty. So they really stand behind their product, which is pretty cool. Well, that is it for today. I hope that you found a lot of value in today's show. And if you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you enjoyed the show today, of course, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. And while you're there, you can subscribe through that link as well so you never miss a future episode. And I did want to give a special shout out to one of our listeners today, to Dory Leslie, who left a five-star rating and also a review. So Dory says, 
So many golden nuggets. I'm really enjoying this podcast. I recently signed up for the CCH program, and the reason I chose Love and Light School was because of Ashley. I just felt her kindness and authenticity come through and knew she would be an amazing teacher. I'm new to crystals, and she definitely gives me all the resources through Instagram, Facebook, and this podcast to learn and feel more confident in my crystal knowledge. Dory, thank you so, so much. That is so sweet of you to leave that awesome review. And I'm so excited to have you in the CCH program, which is coming up in just a couple weeks. We officially kick things off on October 5th, but you'll be able to sign up very soon. You can hop over to crystalhealerschool.com for all the details. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Crystal Healing Certification Program is coming soon. Want to know more? For info, free training, and to get on the list, go to crystalhealerschool.com. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Visit us online at loveandlightschool.com.